I'm Stephen. And I'm James. And you're listening to The The Big Big Gay Bucket Bucket List. In every show, we're going to be talking about our own personal experiences of growing up gay in Ireland. So James, tell us, what's on our bucket list today? Uh, Well, it's a seminal moment in the life of any gay, lesbian, bi or trans person. It's extremely personal and can be a very stressful time, particularly for younger people who may not be confident in how their support structures will react. Today, we're talking about our experiences of coming out. Exciting times. But before all that, James, let's put the kettle on for a co-host catch-up. So James, tell me, since our last episode, what have you been up to? Um, Oh my god, my voice is completely dead. Uh, I'm going to be speaking sexy today, I hope you don't mind. (laughs) I'm James. (laughs) (laughs) Will you be able to to, uh, to contain yourself yourself with my sexy new voice? You sound like Phoebe in France. Yeah, Yeah, I've got a a little bit of a a head cold going on, which is giving me my lovely new voice. Dulcet tones. My lovely dulcet tones. Um... So I went away last weekend. I went down the west, oh. um, which actually is shocking now because I've only I, I I never really had I was at Galway one time when I was like a teenager, but I'd never really been over there until this year when I went to Doolan for a wedding back at the beginning of the year. West and then and then yeah, this this weekend just gone. I went over there again for um, just a weekend of drinking in nice like sort of old man pubs and listening to so some no occasion just a little trip just away. a little trip away with some lovely friends of mine um, and. We decided that because we didn't want to spend the entire weekend just boozing, that we should probably uh, arrange some kind of a an activity. So I left that with one of my friends. Um, she was sort of in charge of arranging the activity we were going to do, and she suggested that we would go sea kayaking. And I thought to myself, you know what? That sounds like great fun. I'm I'm in. Whatever I'm in, we're going to do it. And I had this lovely idea of a nice sort of little paddle around like you know just looking at the sights and and I remember when I was in Canada many years ago I did like a lake kayak and it was just so tranquil and peaceful and there was the mountains around you and it was gorgeous and I can tell you that experience was very different (laughs) (laughs) it was absolutely horrific it was the hardest thing I've ever done yeah it was completely exhausting and there was just one point like so we got out to sea kayaking away and it was kind of easy enough and then the winds changed all of a sudden. <laughs> and it was like I was drifting off out. That's nice to the it was terrifying. It was like no matter how much, I was just paddling, paddling, paddling. And the, like the rest of the people seemed to be able to, to do whatever it was. And I was just like, this is it now. That's it. I'm lost. I'm, I'm lost. I'm this is how I'm this gone. Is how, this is how it all <laughs> ends for me. But it was, and it was absolutely awesome. And they'd given us like, we had like about seven different layers of things we had to put on. So we had our, our wetsuit and then we had like a, a, like a dry skirt thingy and then like a, jacket thingy and then we had our lifeboats and helmets and all the rest of it and so I was sweating like absolutely it was a really cold day and the sea was freezing obviously but like we, I was absolutely sweating after about the first five minutes and everyone else seemed to be everyone else seemed to be like brilliant at us so did you try and um, did you ham up the fact that you couldn't do it or no did you... I didn't I wanted to be good yeah I wanted yeah, I wanted them to I wanted them to say, God, you're a great sea kayaker. Get out there and pull like a dog or whatever that thing is. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was absolutely horrible. There was one bit, so the, the, the bit I remember, which will be staining my nightmares for the rest of my life, is there was this one point where we came around this cove and then off in the distance there was this like yellow little like lifeguard hut and we were paddling towards it and all the rest of them were just like firing ahead. 
But it just felt like no matter how much I paddled, I was getting further and further away from it. And I was drifting off on the waves. And I had this, like, one helpful, like, the, the instructor, the helpful instructor guy just shouting over me, like, uh, just paddle more to the right. I was like, I'm fucking paddling and all I can do. <laughs> it, was, it was horrible. Um, but uh, I, I wouldn't ever say I was resentful about being made to do it. I mean, I suppose it was a, it was a good way to, to earn all the pints that I had then later on. But Doolin's a lovely spot. It's very... Yeah, it's, it's somewhere it's, I've um, never been and somewhere I'd love to go. Oh, um, it's so nice. And we passed through Liston Varna then when the festival was on as well, oh, which is lovely, yeah. That's always a nice thing to do. No, it was, yeah. And it it made me want to go over and visit the West more. Yeah, I'd love to see um, Kong and stuff. Because The the Quiet Man is one of my most favourite films of all time. I'd love to see Kong. Yeah, well... Maybe, maybe, maybe we can plan. Time. We can plan a trip. We can go. We can go sea kayaking and see how, how you fare. Yeah, I probably yeah. will do better than you, though. I think you probably would, to be honest. Oh. Um, I, I was fearing death by exposure. But anyway, what were you up to? Um, so I, I'm actually I'm ashamed to say I queued for a salad hour at Krispy Kreme in Blanchardstown. Yeah, that was my yeah. highlight of the last week. This <laughs> is last week. I've I've have t- I've been talking to people who have were queuing. Why? So was it worth it? No. So when they opened, I just hap- well, no, the, I the donut drive-through. This is this is the donut drive-through. The, the in previously twenty-four hour donut drive-through. Yes, which has now been amended because um, basically there's a sign on the way into the drive-through in Krispy Kreme that says "Honk if you like donuts." Honk. So, honk. <laughs> <laughs> so there's all these apartment blocks right behind Krispy Kreme um, and there's these mothers on Facebook that have been saying like I've been trying to get my kid to sleep and these are all honking so that's why they've changed the open hours <laughs> but the first night so they opened on the Wednesday um, I was there the Thursday night because I happened to be in Blanchardstown and it was that crazy I, I drove out of there yeah like it was insane um, so then the following Monday so this is what nearly nearly a week after opening um, and we said we won't do the drive through we'll actually go, go in, in thinking it'll be quicker um, and now solid like I mean queued for a solid hour outside before we even got in and then there was a further queue inside so I'm ashamed to say I'm one of them people no I don't agree with I, I think that's I, I think you're a disgrace it is I, I don't I don't know I remember when the new Boojum opened with the new Boojum there was like about 700 in there but the one that opened up on around the corner from Angel Street and like the first night opened there was like a queue and there was people queuing for like 4 or 5 hours to get like a burrito but, this but is, I don't understand I don't this. I like to be honest with you I don't understand why I don't have donuts or donuts they're yeah, the same anywhere you absolutely. go absolutely um, but I think I just wanted to buy into the mass hysteria yeah I wanted to, I wanted to say to people oh yeah no I, I don't have for an did hour. you put it on your Insta stories um, I think I did. You did, did yeah, you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. did. Now they were delicious, but were they worked like twenty quid? No, no, no. absolutely. But it was the same when Angel Danger opened and there was people queuing it. They were gone now. Yeah, they're they? completely gone. Yeah, so the do- donuts are over. I don't know about that. Judging by like, I mean, a salad. Well, week. basically, donuts have moved out of the hip parts of the city centre to the suburbs, so donuts are over. Yeah, true. I won't be eating donuts anymore. You've just started the donut trend. They're um, following the um, falafel trend. Yes. And well, the burrito we've... trend. And what else? We've had... Lo- you love a trend. Cupcakes. I'm surprised you don't like donuts. I did three years ago when they were oh, new. Oh, when they were cool. <laughs> when they were so you like food trends, but not internet. Right? Yeah, I, like, I don't like dogs being startled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I enjoy um, a, a nice uh, poke, which is the new thing. Yeah, I've seen these poke bowls. Is that how you pronounce it, poke? I don't know if it's poke or poke or whatever it is. <laughs> Did you have a little... Um, I'll have a poke. A suggest- <laughs> I'll have a poke bowl, please. But, um, yeah, don't do it. 
Wait, no. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait until Krispy Kreme goes into super value and the like. Because, no, it, that's how. No, you're right. It'll it will be. Out, so. It'll be franchised. It'll end up in like, all over the place. And, and their coffee was delicious. I'll give them that. Oh, was it? Okay. And they did give us a free donut for the ridiculous rate. Oh, that's nice. And, and what? Like, uh, did you just get two donuts? No, God, no. So we, we got like a baker's dozen. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Uh, and you 13. ate them all. Thirteen baker's dozen. And you ate them all? No, we didn't. Um, so I was there with a friend and my friend took the rest of them and he shared them out with family and friends. So I had two, maybe three out of the box. <laughs> shared them out with family and friends. You did. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sharing is caring. <laughs> but don't let's go off very fast. Anyway, that's lovely. I'm judging you. Yeah, I'm judging myself. Yeah. Um, don't do it. No. Crazy. But I think it's marketing genius. What they're doing is genius. Yeah. Okay, so to give my voice a bit of a break because it's slowly dying on me, can you tell me about your experiences of coming out? Like, how did you how did you come to actually make that move to come out? Um, okay, so twenty thirteen, um, I started seeing a guy, um, and he lived in London, so it was a long distance thing. Yeah. Um, it was quite a heavy textual relationship. Like we only seen each other maybe once every two months or so. Um, he was an older guy who had been married with kids beforehand. Yeah. Um, so it was like we we relied on each other. He relied on me because he was very much, even though he was in his thirties and he was uh, an older gentleman, he very much relied on my experiences. Um, mm-hmm. because I obviously I had been doing uh, certain acts since I was eighteen, whereas he was only just new to it. Certain acts make certain, it sound certain very acts. very suspect. Certain sexual acts <laughs> with other gay men. Which which acts were they? Listen back on previous podcasts <laughs> for, for that. Um, but he, um, so one day, um, it was a Sunday, I can remember clear as day, the 13th of March, 2013. Yeah. Um, he had said to me, we'd just been talking generally about coming out and whether we'd ever do it. So he had told his parents um, and obviously had told his, his ex-wife um, that he was gay. I mean, that would be just for, for the wife, I just imagine that must have been... Oh, devastating. Yeah. Yeah, her whole world um, has... At least they'd broken up before. You know? They did. Yeah. They did, yeah. Um, and, I'd, like, looking like looking back now, like, because I'd still... I friends him on Facebook and stuff, and he seems to have a fantastic relationship with his kids and his ex-wife, so yeah. that's all good. Um, but, but he had mentioned very casually, oh, I think you should come out today. And, like, I laughed it off, and I was like, yeah, this is yeah. never going to happen. Um, it was never on my radar. It's it's not... It's, it's the most... It's the scariest thing ever in your head... It is. And I genuinely, up until that point, genuinely thought I would never, ever come out. Yeah. Um, I just thought I'd be one of those people that would escape to England. Yeah. And would come back in 20 years with a friend. Um, yeah. Where everyone would just be, would assume and, and nobody would actually no, you wouldn't need say to say, say the words. Um, so I remember distinctly, I went to Tesco and I remember buying cookie dough. So I remember going home and going, right, I'm going to come out. So I bought cookie dough and I thought, this is a fantastic way to appease people. Fresh cookies. <laughs> This is uh, this is my actual thought process. So I remember like cutting up. It's one of these like long yeah, rolls. It's yeah, like yeah. A, a pudding, and you cut up the the cookie dough, and you put it into the oven, and you wait whatever your thirty minutes. Um. So when the cookies are made and they were like cooling down, so I remember going upstairs uh, to my bedroom, still in my home with my parents at the time. Um. Those cookies I, went in to the oven, heterosexual, and came out. They came out homosexual. <laughs> Hollywood show can give you a handshake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh God. <laughs> I cannot deal. <laughs> yeah, James, you're not for the Hollywood handshake, are you? Oh, no, I'm not for the Hollywood handshake. 
But anyway, getting back to my favorite, my sorry, uh, fabulous coming out story. Um, so I was, I went upstairs uh, to my bedroom, and I remember texting my mother and saying, um, "Can you come upstairs? Like, I have something important to tell you." Um, so my mother texts back, "Oh God, Fair City's just started. Can you wait? Can you wait thirty minutes?" So I remember turning, I turned on the TV in my room, and I was watching Fair City on mute because I knew at the end of Fair City that she was going to come up the stairs um, so I remember watching it and I had my headphones in I was listening to uh, Whitney Houston or something Power yeah. Melody um, and anyway true to her word she came up because usually like my mother's quite forgetful she would have forgot about yeah. that um, she came up at half eight and sat at the end of my bed and I just burst into tears and I was like I have something to tell you um, and she was like God what's wrong that was her initial reaction yeah. she's seen how upset I was um, so I said to her look I'm gay and um, she said she said to me is that it she said the way you're carrying on I thought somebody was dead she said it's fine I'm, I'll still love you and there's, yeah. there's nothing here that, that changes whatsoever yeah um, and then she'd mentioned that her and my dad had had a conversation probably about 10 years before about the, about po- the, the possibility that, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Um, so she, she came from a viewpoint then that she was very much wanting to make sure I was okay um, as opposed to being upset about it. She was upset for me. Yeah, yeah. Because she didn't want people to be rude, to, to be nasty to me yeah, or to, yeah, to yeah. be homophobic. Um, but then my dad, I remember saying to her, are you able to tell my dad? Because I don't think I can. So she's like, no, no, no. She said, you're going to tell him. So you're going to come downstairs at me right now and we'll do it. And I did it. Um, and my dad was fantastic as well. He was... Look, any man is welcome in this yeah, house, yeah. and everything was great. Well, that's fantastic. That's really lovely. So it was. It was a lovely experience. It really was, um, and something that when you do it, it's such a weight. God, the yeah, weight that just drops. If the anticipation you. beforehand is terrible, that feeling of like you don't know what the reaction is going to be. Oh, anymore. like I had a bag. I had a bag packed in my head. I was like, "That's it. I'm, I have to leave yeah. this house today." Yeah. And it wasn't like that at all. Party sort of wants the drama of like I'm gonna put this bag on and leave, <laughs> but it absolutely didn't happen to me. It was a it was a, a lovely a lovely coming out experience. Yeah. And what about yourself? <clears throat> so in terms of um, parents, so I, I so I, I was thinking back around this because I knew we were going to be talking today, and I was sort of trying to remember what had led up to me coming out. And I think as I'd said before, I always knew that there was sort of something a bit different about me, and it took me a while to figure out kind of. Um, what it was and once I figured out that I was gay it was sort of weird I was like I knew I needed to announce it mm. but I, I didn't really know exactly what it was like I, I didn't understand what the realities of being gay would be and I don't think you do when you're uh, when you're kind of like when you're when you're a younger teenager you don't really know what the, you, you kind of you're saying I'm gay but I don't really know what that means yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like jumping into the abyss a little bit um, but so I had I remember like so Two weeks before I, I like I actually came out, I had had some friends over to um to my place. So I lived out in the country and we had like myself and my brother had like a little kind of loft, like a converted loft over the stables which we had lived in, and we would have friends over for kind of like drinks like Sounds very Gatsby. <laughs> it was. It was. We had like a charm life. It was built by like a seventy year old man with um with what's that thing in your hands? Arthritis. Like it was so badly built. But it was a beautiful fun place to, to get to live. So we um we had a couple of friends over for for drinks one one night um and like kind of teenagery kind of like we got popcorn and watched a movie and then at one stage um myself and a friend uh, of mine called Aaron well at the time the time I don't really know where she is or what she's doing now but we uh we went out for a walk 
And I had like in my head, I was like, I'm going to tell her, I'm going to tell her I'm gay. I'm going to tell her I'm gay. I'm going to do this now. I'm going to tell her I'm gay. And we went for this like big long walk up around like there's like a, a castle beside where I live and we were kind of walking around the grounds it was like a weird evening and so we got to this like bridge over this river and we were sitting down and we were talking and she was telling me about something about whatever was going on with her kind of at the time there was something that, that was on her mind and, and I was like okay I'm going to use this this moment as, as like the time that I'm going to uh, that I'm going to, to announce it to the world and so I sort of tried to, I stopped her and I was like I was like, I need to tell you something. I need to tell you something. And she was like, James, don't, you don't, no, don't, you don't, James. And I was like, no, I need to, I need to tell you. And she was like, no, she was, I just, I don't like you like that. I just don't fancy you. I'm sorry. I've heard oh rumours. I've heard rumours that you said that you, you want me to be your girlfriend. And I just, I don't, I just, I don't want to. I'm happy being friends. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> it's like rejection. And also like, this is meant to be a fundamentally huge part of my life. And you're after entirely undermining it. So then, um, it was on my mind that I, like I didn't end up coming out to her that night. Um, about two minutes later, then she ended up vomiting into the river because after drinking about a, a half liter of Malibu. But so uh, two weeks later, there'd been that sort of put it on my mind that I wanted to do it, and it kind of was weighing really heavy on my shoulders that I was like, I want to come out, and I knew that the first, but realistically, I knew the first person I needed to tell was my mother. Like me and my mom have, have a fantastic relationship, and I knew. There was never going to be any kind of an issue with it, but it was just the idea of uh, once you say it out loud, it's got, you can't put the you can't put like the genie back in the lamp or whatever it is. Like it's you, you know like once it's out there, it's out there, and it's a reality. So the, that was kind of freaking me out because I didn't know what it actually meant or what it would mean for me. But so we were driving um, up to Drada, and I remember like weirdly, I remember we were we we would ordinarily when we would drive to Drada, we'd go up along the like the main road, but for some reason we were going like this weird back roads um, through all the kind of like marshlands. And we were driving along past where it was like, I think Drogheda Grammar School is. And I was like, she was, she could tell there was something wrong with me because like I hadn't been talking all that much. And she was like, what's going on with you, James? And I was like, oh, you know, I'm just, I've got a lot on my mind. And I think she obviously was like, what the fuck could a, could a fucking 16, 17 year old boy have in his mind? So she was like, you know, what, what is it? We can talk about it. And I was like, okay, pull in. I need, I need to, I need to, I need to, you need to talk. And so she pulled in and then I was like, no, actually it's fine. It's fine. Let's just go. Let's just go. And she's like, no, James you can't do that like you can't tell yeah. me that there's something really clearly on your mind and then yeah. sort of like have me like you know tell me not to worry about it it's like well, you need to tell me what it is and I was like no I think I might be gay and she was like oh for fuck's sake yeah. is that all sure I've known that since you were about three yeah it's mad <laughs> isn't it it's incredible that they just know yeah and she told me then as well like she remembers when when I was like about five or six she had worked uh with this woman um and she'd been over in our house, sort of just like visiting one afternoon. And when I had been just playing with my brother, or whatever. And apparently, this woman Anne had said to her, "And um, like, oh God, and you know, like, how, how are you going? How do you think you're going to cope with, with when James comes out as gay?" And my mum said like that was the first time it had ever kind of like occurred to her or whatever about it. But and she'd been like, "Oh, okay, really? Yeah, yeah, okay." And she said that like just from then on, she always had it in her mind that this was the way things were going to go and yes, how it was yeah. going to be. Um, but it was. That's quite young, like 16, 17 to do that. Yeah, well, I mean, it was it was 1999, because I'm really fucking old. Very old. <laughs> it was the same year, and I actually do wonder, because it was the same year that, that Queer as Folk was on, and I remember, I remember watching Queer as Folk kind of secretly, 
um, in like you know my brother would go to bed and I would like you know sneak out and watch it on like channel 4 or whatever yeah, like 2 o'clock in the morning yeah, was on, yeah. and sort of like kind of going like oh my god it was like it was like my buy it was like my buy and sell adventures. It's kind yeah. of you know like it's like like oh my god, here's this here's whole something. world laid out in front of me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> here's something that sort of describes how I'm feeling and that I don't know. But did you like so both of us were very lucky that we had like really positive experiences of coming out to to our family, um, and even then all my friends as well. Like, would have, and I think you were the same. Did you yeah. have any? Did you have any kind of negative? At that time, like when you were coming out, did you have any? So I had, a very, I had a negative response from a very close friend of mine. So all my friends were like a lot of friends. So I only told my parents when I was twenty four. Yeah, uh, which in the grand scheme of things is is old. As, yeah, as as such, um, I told some of my closer friends when I was sort of eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Yeah, um, and then told so I told my parents and told all my family um, this particular week, and I told one of my closest girlfriends the same week. Um, and she was quite negative insofar as that she made she made it a big thing about herself and she was so upset that I hadn't told her. Yeah. So look, I was like, look, I really can't deal with that right now. This is the biggest thing. I mean, in come my on, life. yeah, absolutely. Like, this is your moment. If there is a moment in a gay absolutely. man's life that is his moment that entirely, is his moment. it's how he comes out. And um, so she was just devastated that I hadn't told her and she was she was quite negative, like so she sort of gave me probably a week's space. Yeah. Whereas I was going, no, I want to go out and paint the town pink now, and I want to do all these things that I can do now that I've Just I've like, said those words. Like, how dare you? Yeah. You owed me this years ago. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It is weird though because you get like I had a um, a mental block about telling my brother. So like my my mom actually told my dad, and part at the time I was really happy about that. But now looking back, I do think maybe it would have been nice to have had that conversation with them. I think the way your mother did it was was quite nice that you, even though it might have been awkward for you, you went down feeling supported by her. And you then have that, but yeah, like I, I suppose my mum, I asked her to tell my dad, and she did. And maybe I needed that at the time. Like I don't know whether, like I don't know. There's, I, look, there's no right or wrong way. No, there isn't. But I had a real mental block about telling my brother, and it took me probably the guts of a year after I came out to like all my friends and to my uh, and, and to my parents before I actually told my brother that I was gay. Okay, and like. It is, like, I, I don't know why, because, like, it wasn't like there was going to be any kind of a reaction from him, but I, I suppose I just had it, I think I had it in my head that, like, me and him would always have a very close relationship, and I think he looked up to me quite a lot, and I think I had this, like, notion in the back of my head, like, oh, this is, you know, this is going to let him, this is going to be me letting him down in a way. Yeah, it's that um, older brother thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I had, I, like, actually, at, shortly after I came out, um, I started getting a rake of these sort of abusive phone messages left in my, um left on my sort of phone at home which is we don't even know like how we like I I have an idea of who it was who was doing it but it was sort of just after it had become kind of like relatively common knowledge in in like my secondary school that, that I was out as gay and like you know everyone when like up in 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 Drada, like my friends I was hanging out with they knew it as well so we, I have an idea of who it was, but I'm not entirely sure. But they suddenly started coming in, like we were getting these like really kind of uh, like very homophobic messages being left in the home voicemail, which was like really awkward because if my brother had like had checked it when I hadn't told him, it wouldn't have been nice. Luckily, I told my parents, so my mom was getting them and said it was only that she actually had been picking them up and deleting them, and we got she said that we got like fifteen or twenty, and it was like Jesus. kind of this guy being like, "Your son's a fucking pedophile, your son's a vile homo," you know, like all this kind of stuff. And she'd been deleting them. It was only that I happened to hear one yeah yeah at one time i picked up and checked the messages and there was this one from this person being like oh you're you're you know you know you don't know what your son's up to he's just like and the funny thing about it is i wasn't up to fucking anything yeah <laughs> it was like chance to be a fine thing to go off and be a fucking slutty homo you were reading the back of the buy and sell that's it yeah, yeah. 
shocking. Like, I never had that level. Like, obviously, like, in primary school and secondary school, I always had snide comments and I always had people calling me um, yeah. certain names. But, like, that's water off a truck's back. It really, like, you yeah, no, so you do, yeah. It, and you get so used to just bouncing it, letting it bounce off. Yeah, absolutely, you do. Um, I never had that sort of level, though. No, I mean, that's the only, like, that's the only kind of proper, like, but to be honest with you, I think at the time it was, the, it was, it was sort of horrible to be going through it. But looking, it's 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 the worst that I've ever experienced. So I think that makes me quite lucky because I know that other people have experienced like considerably worse. Yeah, yeah. Levels. Well, I suppose you see, like I used to, like, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been an over effeminate gay when I sort of realised that I was a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and I'm ashamed to say that I would always, um, there was a guy I went to school with who was extremely camp, and I would always if people tried to pick on me, I would always say, but like, what about that other guy? Cause he's camp and like, he's, yeah. he's almost confirming that he's gay. I'm not confirming that I'm gay. Yeah, so yeah, I can't yeah. take that. And I'm ashamed to say I pushed as much as I could onto him. But yeah. Um, I mean, I do certainly know like in my, in my school, there was a couple of guys who were like much more flamboyantly kind of, like I, I'm quite demonstrative and I, I would sort of, if I let my, if I didn't think about things and just behaved exactly as I wanted to, I tend to, to be more camp. But like back in secondary school, I was much more guarded about how I do things. Yeah. I remember there was a, there was a guy, God, I can't remember, his surname was Gaynor, which is never going to be a good thing when you're going to an all boys school at like sort of 11 and sort of like, you're a bit of a nerd because then you're like an effeminate guy who's a bit of a nerd. So you're a gay nerd. Yeah. And then yeah. that's what people will chant at you as you're walking down the thing. And he literally had to leave the school because of the bullying that he was getting and I was just like I was sort of like very much flying under the radar very much kind of just like keeping my head below the yeah I didn't didn't want to bring bring any of that sort of stuff on me but and I was lucky as well because I could because I don't like I don't I don't don't look gay but you know I can kind of I, I, I it's not inherent to how I behave so therefore, I was able to kind of get away a bit from that or keep myself kind of yeah. more invisible. Yeah. But it is very hard for those guys who can't do that, who just naturally are. But in a way, they're almost trailblazers. Um, yeah, I know what I know about those because I, I, I would still, I would still know about that guy, and, and he seems to have a much more together life now. Yeah, because of that, and like I think that's fantastic. Yeah, that, like yeah, I know, and I, like I'm ashamed to say that he took most of the shit for years. Yeah. But now he's like having the last laugh because he's like, I'm of everything together. Yeah, I, I'm who I am, and that's. And that's well, you're a, you're a train wreck. I'm absolutely <laughs> train wreck. No, but like I like because I only came out at twenty four. I'm thirty now. Um, yeah, it's only six years ago, which it, it, it isn't. It isn't a long time, even though, even though I've, I've obviously well accepted it, and I feel like I'm I'm yeah. well part of the gay community. If I'd have done it at sixteen, seventeen, would I have a different life now? Possibly. Yeah, yeah. Like you're no, quite young in this grand scheme of things doing it. I know you're really old, but you were <laughs> young coming out. But yeah, but I think that's the thing. Is like I, I was young coming out, but then I was I left it a long time to actually act on it. Like I kind of so you was like I. Anyway. Yeah, so I mean, I'd say probably I was around twenty four, twenty five when I sort of started pushing myself to. It's actually weird because it's it's sort of a strange juxtaposition because it, like I when I went to college I got involved in the the LGBT society and I, I sort of like pushed myself to do kind of queer things but I stayed I, I, I don't know I was I would I don't know why but I was sort of like scared to actually throw myself into it properly yeah. so I stayed very much on the outside of it I had my sort of my, my straight friends that I kind of like stuck to and clung with and I, I, I didn't push myself and it was only when I was in my mid um mid 20s and I actually was like no if you don't do something about this now you're going to end up in like 30 years time kind of 
you know, sitting, sitting in Neelands on a, on a Saturday night with a sad pint, watching all the young people going, like, why did I waste my life? Yeah, yeah. Um, but when it, become part of it. Yeah. yeah, but when it comes to coming out, it is weird because when you actually come out initially, it's like this huge thing in your head. It's like, it is all consuming and, and you're so stressed out about it. But then as you go through life, you're coming out constantly Every and day. it just becomes so routine. Yeah, it does. It's tiring though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's it extremely is tiring. tiring that you have to, like, look, it's one of them things, you, yeah. like, every day, yeah, yeah. like you're saying, yeah. you have to do it. You don't, like, I think you don't, you don't notice it really, but like, if, it, it is like, it's a weird consideration to have that sort of maybe straight people don't have. Like, if you're going to a new job, or if you're like, you know, going, if you're going to a new job, or if you're going to like a new group or anything like that, like, you have to have you you're aware of the fact that it's a thing that you need to reveal about yourself yeah and like even if you don't care at all and you just walk in and you're just like i am who i am it, it is sort of like a it's a thing you have to do yeah um but like i've been very lucky with the people i work with that they have been extremely accepting there's only one incident where i had uh, I, I started in a new job and the manager was making all these kind of like off-color gay jokes and it was after like a couple of weeks one of the other guys in the team was like you, you do know that James is gay and then he was mortified and stopped doing it but you've had like different experiences where people have been a bit more aggressive towards you yeah so like I I started a job and like I went into that job as an out gay man um, yeah. but like that I, I, I never announced it to anyone yeah um, so I was really close with a girl a girlfriend um, in work and we used to sort of do everything together we'd do go to lunch together she'd always be down at my desk we'd always have a yeah. bit of crack um, so there's this guy who um, he worked in the he originally worked in the post room and worked his way up and ended yeah. up on the floor with us. Um, so I remember him one day calling the two of, well actually calling my girlfriend aside um, and and she was married at the time and saying sort of things for like like poking her and, and jabbing her and saying what's your husband going to think about you and Stephen what's your husband going to be thinking about yeah. you and carry on together and she was going what are you talking about obviously knowing that I was gay. Um, so in the end, like she, she didn't, she didn't like it wasn't a massive thing that I had to out her. But she was like, first things first, whatever I do with Stephen is my own personal, yeah, my own personal um, things yeah. exactly. But uh, Stephen's actually gay, and he was so shocked, like the most yeah. shocked person in the world. He was like, "What do you mean? What do you mean?" Couldn't get over the fact that I was gay. Yeah. Um. But then stopped talking to me completely. Um. Did, had no interest in being around me. Yeah. Had no interest in speaking to me. I remember he was um he was part of a particular faith group and through second handed conversations with people he sort of wanted me to take leaflets off him and, and go to this faith group and, and try and change who I was because of it. <laughs> but this was his mindset, couldn't couldn't believe that he was working with a gay person, um a brave enough gay person to actually be out and happy enough of this. Absolutely. And you um, didn't jump at the chance for a conversion to <laughs> <laughs> I should have done, I could have been somewhere else, you know. No, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I didn't take him up on that. No. Um, <laughs> and look, to me, I was like, I just didn't care that I, like he yeah. wasn't a particularly nice person anyway. So yeah. I was like, whatever. But it it is like you're up against that. Yeah, no, you're, you're up against that every day. There's yeah. gonna be people that are happy or unhappy with you. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, but God, I, I do find us. It, it, it's sort of an extra little bit of a stress that gets added on to. Um, it is if you think about it, I suppose. But like you're saying, if we just if it, it just becomes a part of your life, it, it, you just sort of go along. With do you know what? Do you know what's weird though? Like because actually, as as much as we talk about like how hard it is, and you have to like when you're when you're going into a new group or you're meeting a new person, like how it's a thing you need to reveal about yourself. And we, you know, it's all serious. If someone actually assumes you're gay from the outset, you're like, <laughs> what? 
Actually, yeah, that's a very valid point. That's a very valid point. I actually had I had something like that a couple of years back before. So a couple of my friends had known when I was gay. Yeah. Um, and I was in a pub and I remember I was just out having a, a cigarette in, in the smoking area and this woman was having, like a woman that I would have known, she was having a conversation with somebody else. And as part of her conversation, she just was like, oh, but you're Stephen, like you'd know, so you're gay. And I was devastated. Because <laughs> I was going, how would you know? I know I'm in there drinking cocktails with six other girls, but how dare you assume my sexuality? And how dare you think that I am this oh. gay person? Um, was she wrong? No. <laughs> should I Should I have said, well, actually, yeah, I'll give you advice at the time. Yes, but hindsight. No, but, no but that's like, I, I've had that a couple of times as well, where kind of you'll be out on a night out with some people maybe that you just meet on that evening and they just naturally start a conversation with you about guys or like they'll they'll point out like I've been out a couple of times where you get like chatting to some like other girls on a night out and then they'll automatically be like oh check him out he's fine isn't he and you kind of want to be like how dare you I'm really masked (laughs) but yes yes, you are right he is a ride (laughs) I would bang that (laughs) Um, but so what was so for like someone, actually, first off, now there's so much like gay culture is so represented on like kind of social media and, and just in the media in general. And it's particularly since marriage equality referendum, it's it's such like an open thing in Irish society. Do you think that that will make things easier for someone coming to terms with their sexuality? Or do you think that it's still going to be that really hard thing to process and coming out is still going to be that huge issue? Um, I think it it's it depends on the, it depends on the person it depends on their age group now so, so my like my niece is only 17 and the marriage equality referendum she would have been 14, 15 yeah. I remember her saying to me that there was active gay people in her school yeah. and to me like for her she was like the marriage equality referendum it's a non-brainer yeah. and to her it was a non-issue and all of her friends are gay yeah. friends in school it was a non-issue um, but it's such a personal experience yeah yeah. So I just don't, like, I don't think, yeah, it's, it's 2015, it's only been three years. I think it's going to be a generation before it's yeah. fully accepted. Oh, no, absolutely. And I, I don't I, I don't think necessarily that it's like, I think that you'll always have pockets of society that are going to have a problem with it. But I, I, I do think that like, things like having Drag Race be so hugely successful, having gay characters, like movies like Love, Simon, where the gay lifestyle is being shown now as like a positive thing. Yes. Like having those, because I do know like previously... Even even with queer as folk, if you if you if you sort of look at it in its entirety, previously the gay lifestyle was always shown as like this lonely, sad existence yeah, where it yeah. all led to the one place, and that place was loneliness and AIDS. And yeah. now you're starting to see like real positive representations of it. So when people, younger people, are are kind of coming to terms with their sexuality, they've got these positive things to look at and it is hopefully creating a more kind of positive space for them so when they go to tell their parents rather than having that apprehension because both of us had an apprehension about telling our parents even though we both say that we never for one minute feared that there was going to be a negative reaction to it absolutely because i think you're you have that like sense from what you're seeing around that like coming out is a big thing and people are entitled to react negatively to it and you have you have to accept that whereas now much more you're kind of seeing like no being gay is a completely normal natural thing and if you come out, people should celebrate that as you being you rather than having any kind of negative part of it. Absolutely. Um, I think there's also the point that you've built it up so long, you're so ready to come out that you don't give people the chance to accept it. Yeah. 
Oh, that you kind of bust out the door and you don't... As in, okay, now I'm ready to tell you all, you have to be accepting it straight away. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's a very fair point. I I think that's, yeah, for... You have to respect the fact that older generations are going to take maybe a little time to to kind of come to terms with the the fact you're gay. Like, my dad, for example, when I came out, he, he... was he was like one hundred percent accept you for you love you couldn't you know don't care that you're gay whatever, but then he was also kind of like but just be careful who you tell and maybe you know keep it on the download because in his mind it was like you know this he is... remembers the, the, the times where people were dragged out of a pub and exactly beaten on the streets exactly Absolutely. yeah yeah and that's that's where exactly where my parents were coming from yeah. in, insofar as my mom was like this is fantastic but are you okay yeah and yeah. has there been issues before and and she was coming from that point yeah. of view here's a question for you. Do you think if you see someone that's gay, do you, or if you see like a, a younger person who's displaying characteristics of a gay person, do you think that you should address it with them? Should you try and support them and ask them? Or do you think it should be, you should leave it to that person to, to come out themselves? Uh, personally, I think you should, you should let them know that there is support systems without directly, yeah. without directly um, referring to, to their actual situation. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, it's such a personal thing and if somebody had come to me and said, oh, I think you should come out, I would have been really upset about that and it possibly yeah. could have set me back. Yeah. It's a, such a personal thing that I think you have to do yourself. But like that, I think you need to you need to let people, uh, make people aware that there is support systems there and that if they needed your help yeah. without being direct with them, that, that you can give that help yeah. and support that you need. Well, no, I'd, I'd actually, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, I went to see, during the Fringe Festivals um, a month or two ago, I went to see Ex-Anthony's show Confirmation, which is about how he came to terms with his sexuality and, and how he kind of came to terms with the homophobia that existed and sort of, you know, how he ran away from it and then confronted or whatever. And during the show, he tells a story where, about a, um, a teacher in primary school who asked him, was he gay? And how that had, like, had this massive impact on him because... He was just, it, it, he wasn't expecting it. He didn't understand the question. He didn't know what it was. And it really kind of like punched him in the stomach and like sort of set him back and sort of made him sort of really doubt himself. And I just think that, that that's a terrible thing to do to someone because had that teacher said, you know, like, oh, kind of had the teacher gone around it in a different way, not kind of just yes, been like, are indirect. you gay? And yeah, the yeah. pointing you out is different. You know yeah. what gay means. Gay means you get AIDS and you die. Um, had, had they just been sort of like oh you know like try to be a bit more supportive yeah. then maybe that would have created an environment where he could have come to terms with what he was coming exactly. on earlier exactly. um, and mightn't have been like a- I look I like as I said I'm only 30 I remember in secondary school like I had female teachers that uh, there was one guy I remember who this this is the, the guy we referred to previously who was quite camp and quite, yeah. quite flamboyant in school and I remember he was just doing something simple like drawing drawing a love heart in, in a copybook and she literally she tore the page out of it and she said boys do not draw love hearts and that was her attitude I'm Fucking like, hell! That, that that like we're not talking long ago. No, I'm no. only out of school. What 2005 was my leaving year. Jesus Christ! So that like teachers are all teachers are all bitches. But you see, teachers didn't have it. Like they weren't. I'd like to think now they've got resources and stuff yeah. to be able to, to manage it better and to deal yeah. with it properly. Yeah. Well, you'd hope so. You'd hope that they'd have enough cop on to know as well that like if a child, whatever way a child is expressing themselves, whether they're gay, whether they're straight, whatever it is, you, you don't tell them that it's wrong. You try and yeah. support them. But even sex ed, I'm sure you'll agree with me, sex ed was always a straight point of view. It was never, ever. Uh, really yeah, well, as we talked about before, my exactly. experience you're of gay sex experience. education was, you're and then, you, and then you're yeah, you're going to bleed to so hopefully we're in a position now where it's, it's, yeah. it's completely changed. But I, I still think it's a very personal yeah. thing coming out. 
um, and give people the, the support and resources that they need but allow them to do it in their own time yeah absolutely and don't try and come out to your friend while they're drunk on a bridge after drinking a bottle <laughs> and a half of Malibu because they'll only think you're coming on to them and don't try and come out when Fair City has just started <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh and a very important question before we finish off how are the cookies I don't even remember anything about the cookies after <laughs> I don't remember them being the thing they're, so. they're still in the oven <laughs> <laughs> My mother's framed them. <laughs> Stephen's gay cookies. <laughs> so, Stephen, what are you coming for? What are you living for this week? So, I, this, I'm coming for... Again. I, I, again. You're awfully negative. I am a negative person, but you know what? There's so much negativity in this world. You're living for negativity! <laughs> <laughs> um, this is something that it, it's always happening in work, and it's absolutely disgusting. It's it's adults that cannot use toilet facilities. Communal toilet facilities. <laughs> There's like... Oh, you work with these people, and like... Oh, just the, the disgustingness that they leave a toilet in is just... It's vile. I work in a fantastic company. Learn to clean your arses properly and learn to clean the toilet after yourselves. It's not that difficult. How are you privy to what how clean their arses are? (laughs) They leave their toilet like that. They can't be leaving their arse clean. They need some moist toilet tissue in that. I'm telling you. That's something they need to bring back. That's something you were living for. (laughs) (laughs) But I just think, no, like, you're an adult. I just, I don't understand at this age, at that age, in that capacity, you can... Leave a toilet like that. What is that mystical but, looking brush item in the corner? Exactly. <laughs> there's there's brushes there. Just but clean what, up after yourself. I, do I want to know? Like, obviously something particular. Is all, no, it's all the time. Explosions. <laughs> Everywhere. In like four. We've got four sit down toilets that no matter which one you go into is disgusting. And then it makes me feel bad because when I come out with people, I don't think I'm dirty. So I have to clean it. <laughs> I'm cleaning other people's shite in work. It happened to me before in my last job. I went into the cubicle and similar situation. But I was just there to stand up. I didn't have to stay too long. Okay. Jax was wrecked. Went out and someone was standing outside the toilet that I was working with. I was waiting to use the toilet and I was like, That's he's going to think it was me. <laughs> like, it's such a hard thing as it is, like that etiquette thing. Um, oh, yeah. About, like... Being mindful of your like your noises and and everything like it's it's a stressful thing. To it do. is, yeah. But then to leave it in that position, I just think it's disgusting. So people need to man up and clean themselves. I, or you I can agree. have the awkward conversation which I had with him two years later on a drunken night out. Going, by the way, that wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> I like that he didn't even remember. I had no clue. That's even better. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> No, but then the, the, like, I, there's been there's been uh, instances where the, like colleagues will actively walk out of your urinal past you and not wash their hands, and they're going back to use a, a keyboard. Like it's just. But they're the only ones that are going to be getting filthy because of that. No, because we hot desk can work, so oh. anyone's getting. Oh, dirty. that's gross. No, it's still gross whether it's their own desk <laughs> or the hot desk. Jesus. No, it is. No, it is either way. But it's just like extra gross because it's not just their own little station they're dirty, mucking up with dirty their shit. Bastards. <laughs> Anyway, I need to stop talking. Tell me what you're coming for or living for. Um, I'm coming for... <laughs> dirty toilets. <laughs> I'm living for dirty toilets. <laughs> no, I'm coming for people who don't know how to conduct themselves on dating apps. People okay. who just... 
I, I, I've noticed this since I've been back using them for the last couple of months. It's like it's like as if people download like Grinder, Grinder, Tinder, whatever it is, and then stop. Like it's like they forget how to have conversations, forget how to like function as actual adult human beings. Like, <laughs> and I don't understand why there's so many people who have these like blurry photographs. It's like you don't have to have any photograph if you don't want to. If you want to be all private, that's fine. But like, these people who have this like weird kind of like they'll have like a sea of like. Like sort of really blurry ones that are kind of like you know like is that a face? I'm not sure yeah, if that's so a face. They can sort of make out it's a, it's, a, it's a human on the other end of it, and then people who like. So my view is I don't know about the same as yours, but if 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 you like if you send someone a message, if if you get a message from someone and you're not interested in that person, don't reply. No, just I don't, don't reply. I don't agree with that. Uh, no, because so. A reply from you implies that you have some kind of interest. Now, I'm not like I, I'm. I'm not sort of like you know. I'm not sort of trying to be all like, why didn't they reply to it? Like, I'm not. I'm not talking specifically about an individual. Yeah, why so. is like now that now it sounds like I am. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, I'm kind of like I think that if you're not interested, don't reply, and then no one wastes any time. No, I don't agree with you there. Sorry, I'm just. Too, I'm too polite. But that's not polite. No, that because is you, polite. No, it's not. Well, it, it's it's polite in the instant, but in the long run, it's not. Because it's like, you sort of, someone messages you like, hey, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm not replying going, oh, I'm fantastic, thanks very much. Like, I'm replying and saying, I'm sorry, but um, I'm just not it. Like, I just think it's politeness. You would reply to someone who just says, hi, sorry, I'm not interested. Yeah, it would. I really? I wouldn't just leave them hanging. Who was like, hi, 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 you know. Yeah. yeah. And eventually went, oh, your profile says you're looking for a conversation. And I was like, I was about to reply, it doesn't say anywhere I'm contractually obliged to reply to you. <laughs> but like, I just I think just I didn't polite, yeah, I, yeah. I think out of politeness, I do. No, I actually I had a guy that I wasn't interested in. He messaged me like every couple of days, like, hi, hey, that whole thing. And then after a while, he sent me a message like, can you please block me? Um, because you never <laughs> respond to my messages. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, no. And I was like, I was just sort of like, if I did block him, it would look like I had got the message and I blocked him. Whereas I was like, no, I, I want it to look like I just never got the messages. Oh no, I'm terrible, haven't I? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I know I am. Oh. Did you block him? No, I didn't. He blocked no, look, me. I guys, agree. So. I agree that I know. I absolutely agree that if you do reply, there is certain people that take an extreme offence to that, as opposed to not replying. But I just think in my it's my in my nature to be polite and say, look, I'm sorry, this isn't. Oh well, I think if you're if you're doing that, that's fine. If you're shutting it down, what I think is 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 like if. What I think is is uh, poor form is if you reply to someone that you have absolutely no interest or intention of carrying on a conversation, it creates an idea of an interest that should, that, that might be there. And I think that depending on what the text, depending on what's in the text. Oh, I don't know. I just think like don't like like you're just creating a waste of everyone's time by respond. Like if, if someone like says, "Hey, how are you?" and you reply, "Oh, I'm good, man." End of thing. No, no, that's not what I'm doing though. No, you're not doing it, but yes. people are. Well, then they should stop doing that. They should. But if they just say, sorry, I'm interested, I think that's a nice thing to do. I wouldn't just leave. Oh, yeah. Back. No, that's fine. I mean, it's probably a bit blunter than you need to be. I would just say, just don't reply at all. Like, you're not contractually obliged to. Stop stealing Martin's words now. <laughs> <laughs> Never. <laughs> no, I just think, I like, yeah, I think it's nice to be polite. Even if, if they don't want to hear us, it's better than leaving them. Back. I want you to take your phone out and read your line word for word. We need to hear how you left them <laughs> Bastard, <laughs> stop texting me! It's been 20 years, Dad! Please block me! Yeah. Uh, the You're other too thing... old! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start getting those messages now. You're going to have to trademark this. <laughs> wait, I'll wait until it's up for the merch. Yeah. Um, but I am... Um, also, I think... I, 
writing bios for dating things is like absolutely impossible. Pointless. I hate it. I think it's terrible. But the phrase "see what happens" is my absolute like massive pet peeve on it. Let's see what happens. Let's, well, yeah. So like, people are like, "Oh, just want to meet for like a pint and see what happens." Oh, just you know, want to see what happens. It's like, well, your entire what life happens? is seeing what, what happens. happens. Yeah, like it's a, such a nothing phrase. Anyway. No, I, what I hate is, oh, just want to meet people for coffee, um, don't want to meet up for hookups, but if hookups happen, I'm okay with this. Yes, and absolutely, yeah. Point is waste or, of Oh, energy. God, all the fucking cliches as well, like, oh, I like nights in, and I like nights out. I like watching movies, and I like reading, I, I don't know, just all these, like, yeah, know, yeah. nothing for These non-things, yeah. yeah. Stop doing this. Yeah. I'm coming for it as well now, I've decided. <laughs> So we're coming for filthy toilets, to- shitty <laughs> toilets, and shitty daters. Yeah. I'm looking forward to your how-to guide. <laughs> <laughs> oh, coming next Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've had a few episodes out there, uh, we'd like to do a shout out to our listeners in Kansas, Kansas City. Kansas City. We can see you listening, so please get in touch with us on our socials and let us know what you think of the show. We'd love to hear from you or anyone listening from anywhere outside of Ireland because I think it, we're talking from a very Irish perspective and we'd love to hear feedback from like outside of Ireland if the things are the same or different over there. Um, don't forget that you can forget, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Big Gay Bucket List or follow us on our Twitter, which is. Bucket list big, not the one I've been giving out for the last several weeks because <laughs> I'm poor at admin. Um, and lastly, you can email us to let us know what you think of the show to biggaybucketlist at gmail.com. And if you like what you heard, go and spread the word. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or Spotify and leave us a review, please. They're really important. People keep telling me, really important. So important. <laughs> But lastly, there's just enough time to say thank you to James and thank you to Sound Guy Martin. Um, and from all of us here, thank you for listening to The, the Big, Big Gay, Gay Bucket List. On our fuck. What's on our fuck list today? Can we get away with that? Yeah, I think we can. Yeah. <laughs>